Quarter Notions is brought to you by FaceFace Games, Canada's number one source for magic singles and products. Check us out at facefacegames.com. You wait, 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 wait. You dropped your phone in the toilet. Yep. And then you washed it. Well, I took it out of the toilet, yes, and then I washed it off. Yeah. Wait, wait. I like, I like the fact that the problem wasn't that she dropped it in the toilet. It. She, was fu- she was fine with it being wet. It was the fact that it was toilet water. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I mean, if I dropped it in snow, that would have been different. But yeah, it was toilet water. It was gross. It was a public toilet. It wasn't like it was at my house. If it was at my house, maybe that wouldn't be as much of a big deal. But it, it, I mean, even so, it's still kind of gross. Why did someone not flush? <laughs> no, it was clean toilet water, but it's a public toilet. So? There's germs and stuff. Yeah, toilet water is the same as everywhere. I mean, it's possible you have, like, bottled toilet water in your toilet, but in that case, you know. That's not true. I'm just saying, you know, it, it, it was a public toilet, so I don't know. Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode 54 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, just two of the regular hosts. First of all, it's Adina. Hello, everybody. And, of course, it's Will. 54 is the number of square, colored squares on a Rubik's Cube. That's absolutely fascinating. Not with us tonight is Travis, who hopefully is crushing states as we speak. I'm sure down in Kentucky they had all of 11 people show up. Or he's at Derek Moon right now, crying his eyes out while having a blizzard. I hope he didn't go to Dairy Queen, because that tends to suggest he got disqualified. Or at least that's what judges do. Ah, clever. Ah, you see what I did there? Uh, very clever. Yeah, I thought so. This week, we have uh, two things on the docket. First of all, we're going to talk about our experiences this weekend. Uh, Adina and Will both played in provincials slash states, while I did not, but I did judge them. And then we're going to talk about, as always, the event decks. The Return of Ravnica event deck lists have been out for a couple of weeks, but they are coming out next weekend. So we want to give you guys a jump start, because both of these lists look fairly similar to each other. Give you guys an idea of uh, which one you should be picking and how you could improve them to play at game day. So let's start with our adventures this weekend. Adina, you went to States. I did. I'm presuming this was in the wilds of ravenous Wyoming. I did. I went to my own state, uh, so I probably could have traveled five hours over to Boise and gone to Idaho, or five hours up to uh, Montana to go to that one, or five hours down to Salt Lake to go to that one, but I traveled five hours in the other direction to Casper and uh, went to my own state. Were Um, there any uh, friendly ghosts? Uh, lots of friendly ghosts. Uh, friendly ghosts from last year. I ran into a lot of people that I met last year. Um, a lot of Casper people and other people from around the state. So that was really fun, and they were excited to see me, and I was excited to see them. And it was actually a really, really awesome crowd. So here's the story of states. The person who shall remain nameless, who accompanied me on my journey to states, decided to pack everything else up and leave his deck on his kitchen counter as we left for States. He discovered that his deck was missing upon arrival in Casper five hours later at F&M. So he was going to be running Golgari zombies and I was going to be running Jun zombies. 
We look through our cards to see, you know, what can we do? What other decks did he have? He didn't have the right card. He didn't have Jace with him um, because he pre-ordered it and it wasn't here yet. So he couldn't build the Miracle deck, you know, the red, white, blue control, Miracle, whatever. Um, Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, so, yeah, all right. I was just thinking, why would he want Jason, green, black zombies? But okay, carry on. No, 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 yeah, no, we were, we were trying to figure out what other deck he could build, because he had all of his other cards, he just did not have any of the cards for the Golgari zombies deck. Sure. And, of course, he was really upset, because he'd been working on it for weeks and planning, and, you know, he had a friend who was also running a similar deck, so, of course, he couldn't borrow anything from his friend, um, his other friend who was meeting us states, so he was kind of stuck. <laughs> and yeah. since I was running Jun Zombies, I couldn't loan him the cards without taking apart my deck. So after much calculation and figuring out what we could do, the best solution seemed to be to take my deck apart, rebuild his deck, and I would take all the red-black duels and all the red-black um, good cards and build a Rakdos aggro deck. And then we'd just pick up a few of the... Uh, other cards, so I needed like Ash Zealots and uh, some other things to make that deck work. So I managed to come up with this Rakdos deck that wasn't what I wanted to play. He managed to come up with his exact same list that he wanted to play because, you know, a lot of the other cards that were missing were commons. So that's what we played at Friday Night Magic, and that's what we played at States. And um, I went three and two, he went three and two. And at FNM? But no, 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 at States, at States. Okay. Um, I don't even remember what I, I, I think I went two and two, we went four rounds at uh, F&M, and I went two and two, and I was just, this deck isn't strong enough, I didn't, I only had two Ash Zealots, and the cool thing about Casper, everyone was awesome, they were so nice, people were just loaning Cartley, I borrowed Ash Zealots from someone I had never met, they were just like, oh, here, take them, and then just give them back to me tomorrow, um, and when my friend came up from uh, from Laramie with cards, he gave me four copies of Ash Zealot to borrow, so I gave the other Ash Zealots back to the kid that had lent me his cards, um, I lent Thrag Tusks to one of the girls that I had met last year who was playing this year and needed them for her deck, so, I mean, it was just really awesome, and people were really cool and very friendly and, and just very helpful to each other. Um, so, you know, that was, like, the coolest thing about being in Wyoming at States. Because I know other tournaments, you know, I'll loan f- cards to people that I know that are my friends, but, I mean, for a complete stranger to just be like, oh, here, borrow my Ash Zealots, sure. You know, that's awesome. And, yeah, I mean, okay, I it's so. not Jace, you know, it's not like it's a $50 <laughs> card they're loaning me, but still, you know, it, it was a younger kid, so I'm sure any rares whatsoever were a big deal to him, so I really appreciated that. Indeed. So how did, so you went three and two? I went three and any, two. Any highlights? Um, gosh, let's see. The highlight was after the entire tournament was over, then I rebuilt the deck that I had originally wanted to play, and I played it, and I won with it. And uh, I won against a deck with Olivia, and uh, he tried to trick me, and he tried to kill my creature with a pillar of flame. And so, of course, I sacrificed it to uh, the um, Falconrath Aristocrat to make her indestructible. And he was like... Aww, and he showed me the other pillar of flame, and he was like, you win, because he was a four life, and, you know, it was his turn, and basically he couldn't respond to, you know, the sacrifice. So he was like, yeah. well, I had to try, just in case you misplayed it. Um, and it was actually the same guy that I played last year, and I totally misplayed the ghost quarters, because I didn't realize what they did. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I told you guys about that last year at States. 
Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. So that guy was there, and I saw him, and he totally remembered me. And you know, he was telling my friend, he's like, "Yeah, we played last year at states, and this is what happened." He's like, "I felt so bad because I totally would have lost that game, you know, if she had had enough land to, to you know, prime time." But uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was that was pretty awesome getting my revenge for last year on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, revenge is a dish best served a year later. Right. Definitely. Or something. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So who won? Anybody we know? Uh, actually, I'm not sure um, because I had a whole other debacle with my phone, and so I actually had to leave before the finals so I could get to the AT&T store before they closed. Um, so I wasn't there watching the finals. I saw the quarterfinals, um, and there was actually there was a guy in the quarterfinals that I had met at uh, the GP in Salt Lake City, and I had actually played him the second day um, during the Star City Games standard open that they had on Sunday, and he was the one that was playing Delver, and somebody from Star City was watching me beat him, and that's how I got the, the article on Star City Games. So that was oh, pretty sweet. cool to, to see him again and to see him do well, too, which I knew he was a really good player, but, uh, but yeah, it was just it was really cool. And so I saw a lot of cool people. If you if you were to do that again at a Star City or a Grand Prix, mm-hmm. you'd have your Horde of Notions playmat, and we'd get free advertising. <laughs> That'd be, be awesome. So awesome. Oh. That's awesome. Super cool. Alrighty, uh, William, sir. Christopher, sir. You went to Quebec Provincials. I did. Les Championnats Provinciaux de Quebec. Yeah, that's actually what it's called. They like keep, I know. no, I know, but we. Uh, I was actually there, and I said provincials, and someone corrected me by saying that, and I was just like, "Give it a break, dude." <laughs> so how did you do? Well, hang on, how many players did you have? Less than fifty, I believe. Holy mother of Moses! Well, Adina, you said you had there was a fifty uh, something. There was 61. a sixty-one. There was a PTQ two hours away. Well, actually, like an hour and a half away. Plus. There's a bunch of people that are in San Jose right now, so it was a small tournament with, like, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anyone there of, like, any recognition, recognizable to anyone. Justin Richardson didn't try and defend his title? Not even. Haha. It's just because he's bad at magic. So, like, I was by far the most high-profile person in the community at that store, <laughs> which, you know, is, is definitely saying something. Not positive, but it's saying something. Wow, but I guess it is saying something. You you actually have a higher profile than you think, my friend. You have fans. I'll take your word for it. Did you not read the comments on this week's show on MTG Cast? There were people saying, "Oh yes, you finally brought back Will saying Hellrider." Did I actually go a couple casts without saying that? Yes, you did. Oh, my bad. I apologize to you people. I should be. Uh, Better than that. <laughs> but yeah, people were happy with it. So I'm telling you, man, you have fans. Cool. Yeah. Don't neglect your fans. Anyway, so there are 50-odd people. Yes. So five rounds? Six rounds. Six rounds. Excellent. And I managed to lose my winning winning in. Boo earns. What did you play? I played the list that came second at the SCG, the four-color reanimator deck, with like, yeah. some slight changes. Did you take out the rolling tumblers? I did. Good man. Did you wish you had them at any point? Uh, well, actually, I put in one sever the bloodline main. Yes, which was fantastic. 
It would be like the uh, of all the like all the game ones that I had it right. I was like, there. I want this a hundred percent of the time over uh, the rolling tumblers. Yeah. So maybe it's just that. I mean, the meta game was slightly weird, but it was just like I'm much uh, happier I have that. And then I moved uh, one of the centaur healers from the uh, from the board into the main, which I think that probably could have been used for a better slot, but. I didn't really. I say maybe didn't put in as much time as I should have practicing with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody perfect, and like, we didn't really have a lot of time to practice with them because that's one of the best things about provincials from a retailer point of view. It's so close to the release that it jacks prices through the roof. That it does. <laughs> uh, I was uh, tempted to put a, just a, a Jason a hard case in front of my laptop because I was judging it and just jack the price every five minutes until the start of the tournament, see what I could finally sell it for. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I was, like, trading shock lines for stuff that I shouldn't have been trading shock lines for, so. <laughs> no, like, I, I traded away two temple gardens for, like, some guy really wanted them, and I was like, well, I guess there's kind of, like, your uh, your Vraska would be fine. I'm like, I'd also be interested in your Dreadbore, because he had two. Yeah. So he's just like... I'll trade you the two Dreadborn and the Braska for your Temple Gardens, because I was like, I don't really want to get rid of them. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But sure, here, have them. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I interest you in anything else? <laughs> uh, like, I, traded, I traded away two uh, Blood Crypts for a Dark Confidant and like some other like $5, $6 rare. That's it. I'm coming to Montreal. I, was, I, I, I didn't understand what was going on. Like, I mean... And it wasn't, like, before the tournament where people desperately needed cards. It was, like, in between rounds. It's just, like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. What is this I don't even? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Why on earth do you, like, are you valuating this so high? Especially because, like, the store was selling them for less expensive than they were evaluating them at. I guess it could be because uh, modern PTQ season is coming up. That's possible. I mean, I mean it, it could nice. also be it could also be you know people play against some deck and they're like, oh my gosh, this deck just stomped me and it was so good and I want to build it. So they immediately start trying to get the cards for it and they're like, oh, but I get I'm going to need the lands for that and I, I have these cards I could build it. I just need the lands. That so it could possible. be that too. I mean, what yeah. what's nice is due to the fact that I have uh, twenty well four of each shockland. Every time I open one, I'm just like, oh, trade binder, trade binder. Twenty-four of each shockland. Twenty-four uh, of each shockland. No, sorry, I was about to say I was gonna have. I have all twenty, and then I was like, no, I have four of each. So like, it's, oh, okay, no, I have four of each shockland. I'm like, dude, you should have cleaned up. You could have come out of there with a place and a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, pretty cool. So, any highlights? Any cool plays? Anything you enjoyed? <laughs> I did. My opponent didn't. Uh, round five, I played against the mono red player. Yes. So, uh, poor wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Fourth Ragtusk, four Central Healer between main and side? Yes. That ended poorly. <laughs> Calm down for a second. So, uh, I'm on the play, so I go uh, second land, go. He goes land, uh, Ashley lot. So I'm like, oh, okay then. So he tags me for two, and then end of turn I go Grizzly Salvage, revealing uh, an Umburial Rites and a Rock's Faith Mender. So I'm just like, okay, if I if I flash it back, then I get, like, three damage, but that's fine. Third turn, draw. I draw another Umbrero Rites, play my land, play a Centaur Healer, say go. So he's like, okay, well, plays a second Ashley lot, but, like, doesn't attack in, because obviously he doesn't get the good trade, and he's just, like, passes back the turn. So I have the option right there 
to flashback uh, the center uh, to flashback on burial rites. Yeah, so I was just like, that's taking six against a burn deck. I'm like, the center healer's doing a good enough job of blocking right now. So I just, I think I played a mulch. I uh, got uh, two more lands and would just pass back the turn. He played another Ashley lot, at which point I was like, I definitely can't flash that back now, because taking 18 points of damage is way too much. So on my turn, I played uh, the Umber Rights from my hand, got back Rock's Faithbender, passed it back. He again, he uh, didn't have any play, so he passed it back. Then I went uh, Thrag Tusk, Thrag Tusk, and at which point, after the second Thrag Tusk, and me gaining another 10 life, he was just like, that's it! I can't believe this! This is unbelievable! And, like, just scooped up his cards right there. <laughs> so, once again, people, Rock's Faith Menda. Yeah, so... And actually, like, he was really pissed, and honestly, I could have just not said anything, but I was just kind of like, sorry, you know, I mean, it happens sometimes. I can't believe that. That's unbelievable. You're such a luck sack. I was like, all right, I tried being nice to you for one second. That didn't work, so too bad. I don't feel bad about beating you like that. Oh, sweet. Awesome. So who won? Anybody we've heard of? Uh, it's not even anyone I've heard of. Like, I, okay. I saw the list of names in the top eight, and I was like, I don't remember these people playing around Montreal. I think there's one, I think there's like one guy that I've seen every now and then. But like, there's a lot of people that was just like, nope, no idea who you are. So. Just want to, just want to interrupt your story. I've just opened the first three packs of this box. Vraska, Steam Vents, Steam Vents. The rest of this is going to be garbage, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're going to open a Jace I, in the next pack. I'd yeah, probably start selling it off right now. It's going to be good. <laughs> it'll be fine. So, Falconrath Aristocrat was an all-star for me every time I played her. She's just awesome. She was great against Olivia because they can't steal her, even though she's a vampire, because you just sacrifice. They try to steal anything else, you can sacrifice it to the Falconrath if the Falconrath is still around. And she's got haste, so, you know, they swing with Olivia. Then you're like, oh, I'll, I'll have to sacrifice my uh, Falconrath for your ability, but I'll just play another one next turn. Um and the coolest thing is, you know, I'm so used to playing Falconrath Aristocrat in the Zombies deck that doesn't have any humans that I forgot how awesome it is when you have humans in the deck because the red-black deck was a lot of humans. Um, Racto Shred Freak is a human. Ash Zealot is a human. Um, the other guy is a human. There's, there's several humans, and so very often I was able to sacrifice a human and give her a counter um, oh, nice. And at one yeah. game, I had her up, I think she was like a 7-4, um, <laughs> you know, because I, I had an opponent that uh, decided they were going to play Crippling Blight to get rid of her. So I was just like, okay, I'll just sacrifice this human, put the counter on there, and okay, there we go. Um, you know, and any time I would swing in and they would, you know, block in such a way that my creature would die, I'd just sacrifice it and make her bigger so that I did more damage, and she's awesome. So we have 75 players for Provincials, uh, seven rounds of awesome, and it was really great. We had people coming from the West Coast, uh, which is about a nine, nine-and-a-half-hour drive uh, just to play in Provincials. We all fit inside the store, which we originally thought could only hold about 50 people comfortably. He cleaned out the entire storage room and rented uh, seven tables and 35 chairs to put back there. Like this, we had 75 people sitting in the store. We could have fit probably five more, 
So, you know, it's not bad for a store that also has computers, PS3s, and Xbox 360s in it. Um, we had guys testing together as a team. Four people showed up with the same deck. They were playing a team deck, which was basically the old uh, Hexblade deck with, like, Geist of Sintraft, Invisible Stalker, Increasing Savagery, Spectral Flight, that sort of thing. Uh, they had no swords, obviously, but what they did do was go with Primal Hunt Beast, which was apparently very good for them all day. Uh, they didn't play Sigarda because it was too expensive. So that deck did fairly well. It put one person in the top 16 uh, who lost his winning in, and the others sort of got some bad draws and some bad matchups. Uh, Larry Bazan won the tournament. He is the father of one of our other players, <laughs> and uh, he was playing Miracles. We had two Miracles decks in the top eight. No, three, I'm sorry. One of which was piloted by one of the Twingers. If you read one of my, in my articles, you'll know who the, the Twingers are. And uh, he, he played very well all day. The top eight is on my Twitch TV page with commentary by the legendary Chris Extraball Stoyles, who was, uh, whose story was told on episode 26. And there's some, uh, some epic magic was played in the top eight match in the quarterfinals. Uh, one guy blinked his Thrag Tusk about 14 times throughout the course of the game, which might exchange, explain why we were still there at 2.30 this morning. He blinked it with... Deadeye Navigator. Oh. He was playing... Uh, so he had the deck, this deck that was brilliantly set up for the meta game because it had uh, like life gain stuff to blink. It had acidic slimes to blink to take care of the slow control decks that are trying to win with uh, Entreat the Angels and stuff. And, of course, it had the death touch for the gigantic attackers that Jund throws at you, like Thrag Tusks just die to acidic slimes. It was actually a very, very clever deck. Yeah, our metagame was... I'm not even really sure you can call it a metagame. <laughs> like, we I, had... One we had some, I think it was, like, 45 players. Let's say 45, right? I saw one Zombies deck... Everyone was playing either Selesnya Aggro or Naya Aggro. Well, Selesnya Aggro is a good deck, and it does beat zombies because it can go for the life gain out of the board. No, I understand that, but, like, there was one zombies player. Wow, that is kind of strange, I guess. <laughs> I, I sat down, and, like, after winning matches, like, walking around, and it was just really, really weird because they were all playing that. Uh, there was a lot of that. There's a lot of uh, rock decks. Yeah, which interesting. Oh, there was one that I played against that was just like really bad because, well, he had no sever the bloodlines and no removal. And there's another one that was piloted by someone I played against who was a, oh, cool story. Uh, I hit a sever the bloodline for four creatures. <laughs> Sweet. What did you hit? Uh, Lawless troll. Oh jeez. Oh wow, that's that's a way to get rid of it. He had two. Value. He had, he had two in play. Like he he didn't need to play. He didn't need to overextend ever. So he had two yeah. in play, and he had two uh, other creatures. But they were both uh, one power, uh, one toughness. To which, so I was like, well, if I draw my Golgari charm, like I'll be all right. And then he was like, just thinking, thinking, thinking. He's like, finally, okay. Like taps four mana, plays two more. I was just like. He's like, uh, why not? You know, it's more damage on you. But it didn't actually, like, increase my clock any. He still, like, had two turns to kill me, whether he had them or not. So I was like, okay, sure. Draw for the turn. Blow you out. Oh, that seems good. <laughs> Tap four. Sever. <laughs> uh, 
I was like, all four of them. Bye bye. No, I don't have. You could almost say the Price is Right fail horn, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, oh, that's how I deal with lawless troll for the rest of the game. So some of the highlights from ours, we had um, uh, one of the guys after the lunch break came back in a penguin suit. Yeah, that makes because, sense. Because penguin. Uh, one of the twinges, no, not one of the twinges, one of the mini ninjas, 13-year-old Ryan, took down a winner box side event. Yeah, we had that many people drop and that many people show up and not play in the main event that we had, like, I think, four winner boxes and three side drafts, and plus about three or four commander pods fired as well. Yeah, it's see, like, ours, and it's sad to say, but I honestly believe that yesterday was an awful tournament. Like, it's the worst tournament. It was, like, uh, one of the worst it, tournaments I've been to in a long time. Was it, ju- was it just because of the, the fact of the date, or was it badly run as well? It was, Well, I mean, the date, the date was fine, right? I mean, obviously, it's nice when you have... Uh, People there, you know, but just like, uh, well, you know, uh, when you came up to Montreal, you had the uh, the F and M that you came, or the Wednesday Night Magic that you came to. Yes. Like that just had a much better atmosphere than yesterday. Like yesterday, it was, I don't know, like the the atmosphere was just like bad. Like it wasn't like you know a bunch of people that are happy or fun to play Magic or with or whatnot there, and even like talking to some of my opponents, except for uh, the guy like that I played in the last round, like. My opponents for the first four rounds were just like, honestly, like miserable to play against. And I know, I, I know that se- that seems really mean to say, but it was just like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, happy or super chatty, but it was just like they had kind of a negative attitude altogether. Like, if you ever sit down opposite me at a tournament, not many people are like me when you sit down to play me because I'm nuts. Well, I'm like, I, I get that, seat. but like, I'm someone that's like very overbearing. Right in a tournament, like whether I know you or not, I'm just gonna you know talk to you in the way that like you're one of my buddies, which I can understand that like gets on some people's nerves, and it has in some cases. But the like the the attitude that I was getting was just like far worse. Yeah. It was just like okay, fine. Like there's one of them that uh, my opponent was playing Cavernous Souls, right? And he's like take he. I think for the third one, uh, he took like a minute for the first one, a minute for the second one, for the third one he's taking like two minutes. You know, just, like, think about it. And he's playing humans. He's playing non-humans. Yeah. So I just, like, make a joke, like, just because I thought I was being funny. I was like, oh, yeah, you better watch out. I have all these counter spells. <laughs> and he's just, like, like looking at me. He's like, what That's the heck? Funny. Why? Like, he called the judge over. And I was like, okay, uh, for what? And then, like, he explains it. And I was just like, I was making a joke because I don't actually have islands and you need islands to cast counter spells there. And the judge was just like, Okay, I don't get it. He's like, whoa. He's like making joke, making fun of me. I was like, I'm not making fun of you, but all right then. Um, okay. Something like, I, I mean, they're like, oh, ah, wow. How dare you have a sense that of humor? Cut off. But uh, it was just, I honestly left there, and it was the first Magic tournament I played, and I don't know how long that I was like, I wish I hadn't gone. That's a shame. Yeah. No, that's a real shame. Um, not, I'm, I not like the wish I hadn't gone like after having played like 48 hours of uh, pre-releases. I'm just like, I should never do that again. That's an awful idea. It was just like, yeah, that was just no fun, which is a shame. Yeah. I had a plan to play a lot of pre-releases, but it didn't quite work out that way for me. <laughs> I don't know if I told you guys about my experiences in California. 
But About uh, the lack of uh, pre-signing, yeah. I know I talked to people at states, and a lot of people were saying, well, you know, I felt like I was kind of forced into this guild, and I might have, if I had just had a regular pack there, I might have gotten good cards that would have supported other cards in my pool. And so some people were kind of, you know, like you have to guess what good cards you're going to get before you pick your two colors. See, I'm not of that opinion at all. Like, pre-releases are the one tournament each time they come up that the sole reason I go there is to enjoy myself and to have fun playing Magic. Because yeah. there's uh, newer players there, there's casual players, there's a lot of the casual players from our community who normally strictly only play EDH or sometimes draft, that they're playing that as well, and it's just like... It, it's a whole lot of fun, you know, conversing with them and just hanging out with these different people that aren't at high-level competitive events or that, say, would never travel to GPs. So whenever mm-hmm. I play a pre-release, I look at it from the sole expectation that, you know, I'm there to have fun, I'm there to enjoy myself, and it's not practice for anything. It's not, like, something that I take too seriously. Well, I mean, any of the other pre-releases that I went to wasn't practice for a big event because there wasn't a big event that I was going to two weeks later. So, you know. But it was a great opportunity to get lots and lots of cards, so it was a lot easier for me to build my deck for states. Uh, so from that aspect, it was great. I got to draft a lot, and I discovered what I'm sure you guys know. Packrat is really, really, really good in limited. Yep. Because, you know, Sever the Bloodline doesn't exist in limited. Just to wrap up the, um, the discussion from Provincials, uh, I thought it it was probably the best tournament I've been a part of uh, outside of Grand Prix, which actually don't matter. Uh, well, don't count, I should say, because like, they're meant to be epic. But like, I was the head judge. I had two other judges working with me. We had 75 players there. Everybody was having a great time. There was no drama. There was no arguing. Like, it, was just, it was just a really, really good time. I had cards linked out to about seven people. Everyone was borrowing cards from everywhere, like you were saying, Adina. Like, it was just a massive feel-good tournament. Even the people who scrubbed out still had fun. And, yeah, I, I can't wait to do that sort of thing again. But let's, uh, let's move on, though. We've got some event decks to look at. Uh, the, every year when the event decks come out, we, or every set, rather, we take a look at them and tell you if we think they're good or not, which ones we think are better. Well, uh, what are these retailing for? Do you know what they, will they be set, selling for? I believe they're both... I think when they always come out, they're supposed to be selling for twenty four ninety nine. Right. Of course, they'll be available from face-to-face games as soon as, they, uh, as soon as they're available online. Yeah, I was going right? to say, I just closed the tab like an idiot. Uh, so generally, the event decks are, I think, supposed to be retailing at twenty four ninety nine. And if you go check out uh, face-to-facegames.com, they have them right now for pre-order. Uh, one of them is nineteen ninety nine, and the other one is twenty four ninety nine. And if you need a hint as to which is which, the one with the Thrag Tusk in it is slightly more expensive. Gee, can't imagine why. <laughs> so we're going to start with the Rakdos one. Yes. Uh, because that's the first one in the article on the mothership. Adina, you want to read that uh, deck list for us? I would love to read a Rakdos deck list for you. I figured you might. That's why I asked you. <laughs> All right, so it has one Dragon Skull Summit, 13 Mountains, two Rakdos Guild Gates, eight Swamps, Creatures, it's got two Hellhole Flailer, three Knight of Infamy, two Lightning Mauler, four Rakdos Cackler, four Rakdos Shred Freak, my very best friend, three Rixmati Guild Mage, 
two stone right, two Stromkirk Noble, two Brimstone Volley, one Devil's Play, one Nizium Mortars, one Nightbird's Clutches, four Pillar of Flame, one Rakdos Charm, four Searing Spear. Sideboard has two Brimstone Volleys, three Duress, two Electricery, two Faith, <laughs> two Faithless Looting, one Graft Digger's Cage, two Murder, two Ultimate Price, and one Vexing Devil. So this is clearly turn as many dudes sideways as you can and then blow them out with burn spells. So that seems to be the plan here, right? That appears to be the plan, yep. And you've got Lightning Mauler to give things haste. And you've got some pasty creatures on their own. And some Unleash. And some things that get bigger and some direct damage. Seems pretty Rakdos. So we've got... um, This is selling for $20. And one thing that people always look at for these event decks is what you're getting in terms of value. So in this one, the res, you got a Dragon Skull Summit, that's about $3. Uh, let's see, two Stromkirk Noble. I don't know what they're selling for at the moment, but... $2.50. Okay, oops. <laughs> <laughs> remember when they were $8? I remember I when do. they were $15 last year at, uh, at State's. Devil's Play, which is probably about a buck fifty. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? Is Mizium Mortars a rare? Oh, Devil's Play is a dollar. Yeah, Mizium Mortars is a rare. Yeah. And that's probably around four, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not Mizium Transwelaquat, which is probably the strangest name in Magic. It's five ninety nine. Okay. So that's a six dollars. So I mean, looks like you're kind of getting your your money's worth here. There's also a vexing devil in the sideboard, and a graft and a graft digger's cage. cage in the sideboard. So there's a couple more rares for you. So I mean, I guess it's fair to say that this is pretty close to a twenty dollar value, right? Yeah, yes. I feel that as far as say that. And a lot of the uncommons that are in here are staples. So, I mean, you probably already have them, but if you're not playing competitively and you're just getting to Friday Night Magic and you're just starting to get into, you know, competing for a new player, this is fabulous because you've got your four pillars and your four searing spears, which if you're going to play a red deck or a red-black deck, probably going to want those anyway, you know, and you want the brimstone volley, electricery in, you know, it's a corner case when that's useful. There's certain decks where that's really good and there's certain decks where it's useless. That's why it's in the sideboard. Um, You know, a couple of murders, that's not a bad thing, you know. Well, okay, murder is a bad thing. I don't want to go on record as saying, no, the card. I'm not saying the card. I'm saying actual murder is a bad thing. I don't want to be misunderstood saying, oh, murder's cool. Um, But murder as a card, not that bad. Obviously, it's not a two-drop. We would prefer to have our removal cost one and a black. But it does hit everything. It doesn't have any kind of stipulation. So other than, you know, it doesn't hit hex creatures. But other than that, you know. What they've done here is put together a deck that is capable of winning by getting a nut draw, which which is fine for an aggro deck. I mean, that's what most aggro decks are doing. It's it's not, you know, the best aggro deck you can build. There's no Ash Zealots in here. There's no one-drop, two-power guys in black. Well, you mean you've got the Rakdos Cackler, but you don't have, like, a Gravecrawler or a Diagraph Ghoul. And Nightbird's Clutches is, is not the worst card I've ever seen. You know, I mean, it, oh. it does do what it's supposed to do. Uh, you've got some burn, like Hellhole Flailer, I think, a three mana for a four three is decent, especially when it can blow up in their face. I think that actually has a chance at seeing some competitive play at some point. Yeah. Any thoughts, Will? 
Uh, actually, on a side note, before we do this, uh, I actually had a friend who asked me to build a deck for him for states. Yeah. So I went and found uh, Travis Wu's uh, mono red deck, which is extremely cheap to build. Yeah. And uh, I renamed that deck for him. Uh, so the deck is now called Mo Money Mo Problems, and it's <laughs> by the notorious Ti Wu. Okay. I think I'm clever some days. Uh, this deck needs. Uh, I don't know. Like it's. It seems like a fine deck. It can certainly. There are certainly better options to be playing. Of course. I'm very surprised that Ash Zealot wasn't one of the cards that they wanted to, you know, feature in this deck as one of the, you know, one of rares because it's just really good and it's really Rakdos and it's from the new set. Uh, so it just, I'm, I'm actually surprised to see that that wasn't one of the big rares that they put in there. It's because it's probably because it's double red. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if it's something that they necessarily want to feature, but it's certainly a, a good card for this style of deck. And I mean, yeah, with, I with, with 14 red sources, no, actually, I'm sorry, 16 red sources. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you wouldn't have too much problem casting. Yeah, right, but double red is not a problem for this deck. But in this deck, there are four problems. Guild gates? With it. Uh, no, actually, the four are one Devil's Play, one Night Bird's Clutches, and two Faithful Suiting. Because oh, right, Ash is an opponent. It's all players, right? Right, yeah. That does make sense. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the chances of you having them both, though, aren't that great. But, you know, I guess it's it's a reason not to put it in there. Well, I mean, yeah, you don't it really is, want it's to a little more that. complicated. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, for, you know, and definitely for me, a lot of the time, it's a 2-2 haste first strike for two. Yes. You know? That's, that's and, what you're going to be playing. Yeah, about. and I just, I didn't see a lot of flashback. Um, occasionally there was a reason why I got three off of it, but usually they just kill it with something before they played their spell out of the graveyard. So, and I mean, against reanimator decks, sure, I'll take yeah. three to find to bring back my Angel of Serenity and you know exile this and two other things, or get my Grizzle Brand so I can gain seven in the air. Like they're not going to care. Right. I mean, maybe you know you're not going to be playing uh, Gravecrawler over and over again from the graveyard. <laughs> With that, puts an end to those shenanigans. <laughs> how do we improve this? Twenty-four land might be one too many for a deck that really tops out at three. The problem with this deck is that it's you need both colors, and you've got a lot of like, are there four drops? How many four drops are in this? Zero. Okay, so you've only got up to you have a devil's play. That's X. Uh, personally, I think it's... Yeah. Like you can cut the, if you, cutting the devil's play would be the right idea, and you could cut down to twenty one lands. Now, obviously, if you don't have access to blood crypts, which are say more uh, more expensive, I'd probably up that to twenty two then. Uh, well, I mean, dragon skull summits are not expensive, so you can definitely go to four of those. No, they are no for sure. Uh, they aren't, but I'd go like if you have access to blood crypts, I'd go with uh, the twenty one lands. Okay. If not, twenty two is a reasonable number. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, we would want to take out a couple of mountains and a couple of swamps to put in some duels if you have, you know, if if you're going to increase this, you know, if you're going to put some money into it, you would definitely want to put some more duels into it. It'll just make your mana smoother. I think you want to take out the guild gates. But I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Like, I've been playing, uh, 
one of the versions of Rakdos Zombies that has two Gilgates in it, and it's not the worst. Like, it's not the best, but obviously if you're cutting down... Like, at 21, I think you don't want any Gilgates. At 22, I think one or two Gilgates wouldn't be the worst. Yeah, and definitely if you can't afford Blood Crypts, or if you don't have them, um, Gilgates are a great substitute to throw in there because yes it is a little bit slower um but anytime in the late game you know after turn three or four if you draw a guild gate you probably don't need that mana right away you can put it into play tapped you know spend a couple of mana on one of your cheaper creatures and then you know still leave mana open for a burn spell and you know turn around in the next turn it's untapped and then you have more mana for more burn spells I'm also not terribly impressed by Ragdoor Shred Freak. Uh, I mean, I know it's a 2-1 for Haster for 2, but I'd rather have Diagraph Ghouls. I mean, they're uncommon. They shouldn't be too hard to find. It attacks on the same turn. It has the extra point of toughness. I think it's just a better bet. Like, you've the got nothing in here that cares about humans, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be overloading on 1-drops, right? Yeah, and and the other thing the other thing that's nice about Shred Freak is you know you play a Diagraph Ghoul they pillar of flame it you never get to swing with it you know it's the same thing it's on turn two you swing for two but they don't have the chance to respond they've probably tapped out to play their one drop if you're on the play or they've you know if you're not then maybe they've tapped out to play a two drop they pass the turn back to you you play your second land you play the Shred Freak. Because it's hybrid, it doesn't matter which mana you have. You'll always be able to cast it. You know, you don't have to have the black if you've got mountains and no and no yeah, swamps. Yeah, sure. You can still cast it, and then it just it comes down. It swings for two, and you've got the two damage in. You know, a lot of, right. a lot of times with diagraph goal, it's got to sit there for a whole turn and live before it sure. can turn around I, and swing. I get that, but if you play diagraph goal on turn one and your opponent has pillar of flame. They're not going to cast it. Because against, the, the, if you play turn one Diagraph Call, they're going to assume you're on zombies. And you would much rather save your pillar for a grave crawler or a messenger. Because Diagraph Call dies once and then it's never coming back. Mm-hmm. So you don't care. But if they have, next turn they go grave crawler, or turn after that they go Jarrell's messenger, that's when you want your pillar of flame. So that doesn't particularly scare me so much. That's true. Uh, what else can we? I, I like. I mean, the other nice thing is if they put, you know, if they put in some diagraph ghouls, then you know you play the ghoul on turn one, turn two you play the threat freak and you're swinging for four. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, I just I don't like t- uh, the the one toughness. It it just doesn't feel terribly safe to me. But maybe it's worth keeping in there. I like Hellhole Flailer. I like Knight of Infamy, Lightning Mauler. Maybe. I mean. Uh, it was really good when it was combined with stuff like Hero of Bladehold and stuff. Yeah, what do you it, think? What? It seems to me... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Will. I think this deck wants flunkies. How many goblins are in here? Oh, no, it doesn't need goblins. Oh, it doesn't need <laughs> goblins. Because you have eight one-drops, unless I'm missing that. But you have your four Cacklers, uh, two Stone Rites, and two Stromkirk Noble. All right, and plus we're putting in Diagraph Ghouls somewhere, so you'd have 12. I think that might be too many. I think maybe you can cut the two stone rights. If you want, really want Diagraph uh-huh. Ghouls, you can probably cut the two stone rights for two Diagraph Ghouls. The Rakdos decks that are running around now play four Cackler, four Diagraph, four Gravecrawler. That's 12. But that's different. That's a zombie deck. Right, but this is a red-black aggro deck. It 
the tacklers aren't zombies, so like having twelve one drops, I think, is fine. I wouldn't go more than twelve. I think if you're going twelve, though, you prefer the full playset of Stromkirk over Stone Right, or do you want the Stone Right in there? Uh, Stone Right is is good late game as well because it gives you somewhere to put your mana. Only it's not because it's too easy to deal with as far as. Um, taking away the fire breathing is too easy. You just you kill one or the other of the creatures. Um, the problem with it is that, especially in a deck like this, if you get to a point where you have tons of extra mana to pump into it, you're it's it's probably it's not going to swing the game back in your favor. You're probably already behind and not catching up. You know they've they've somehow managed to not die, <laughs> and uh, if you've got the stone, if you know if you have to play stone right and then start pumping it, it's only it's not pumping the toughness. It's only pumping the the attack power. So if it's trading with a bigger creature, you know you're paying all this mana to trade with a bigger creature. Your creature isn't going to survive to turn around and swing. So you're still behind. No, but it doesn't. You don't do it on the on the block. You do it on the attack. Like you pair this with something that's going to attack. You don't attack with the stone, right? If they block with a bigger creature, you're happy to trade your Cackler or your Shred Freak with their huge creature, and then you just play something else and pair it with the stone, right? Like, they have to keep coming up with huge blockers, and you've got a seemingly unendless supply of one-drop Dirtles and that are always trading up. And the minute one of them gets through, you just pump it to win the game. Yeah, but when Stone Plus, Right isn't paired, which you know can happen, and then you don't draw a creature, and then it's just laying, it's just laying there on the board as a one drop. You know, it's a one one for one, and it's you know it's a chump that you can throw in front of something, but a lot of times it's it's not going to help you as much as you need it to help you. That's the problem. Like when you real when it would really be great is early in the game. You play something, you swing with it, and you pump it up big before they have blockers, so you're getting the damage through. I mean, yeah, no, I, if you're okay with trading later in the game. I understand that. But, you know... It's not just trading, though. It can win you the game, especially with can. Hellhole Flailer. It can. Like, if, you, if you pair Hellhole Flailer with this, pump it and then sacrifice it and just dome them, yeah, I'm quite happy to keep those in there. That's, I was going to say that's good, but, I mean, you're talking about you've only got two Stone Rites and you've only got two Hellhole Flailers in the deck, plus you have to save the mana to sacrifice the Hellhole Flailer so you can't pump it all the way up with the Stone right. Two of those can be black, and it only pumps with red. What do you think, Will? What's what's your take on this? I don't like Hellhole Flailer. Really? Yeah. And you know why? Let's see, what's that's that? three. What else is there that's higher up? Okay. Nothing. All right, so <laughs> one on. It's just because I'm looking for two more cards. Okay, so let's say Devil's Play you don't really want. No, you don't. And you don't want Rakdos Charm. So what you do is you cut the hell, two Hellhole Flailers. Rakdos Charm is main? Ooh. Yeah. So you cut the yeah. two Hellhole Flailer, you cut one Rakdos Charm, you cut a Devil's Play, and you know what you do? You put in a Hell Rider. You just made everybody's day. <laughs> this, is, this is so the deck that wants Hell Rider. Yes, this deck wants Hell Rider. Uh, what about Mizium Mortars, though? Couldn't you take that out, too? Uh, yes. Yeah, cause, uh, I'm trying to think. Do, 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 do. But no, I think. If I mean, you if you want to take it out and put in a bonfire, maybe. But I mean, it's the good thing about Mizium Mortars is it's a board wipe that only wipes your opponent's board when you need it. Right, but it's six mana. True. To wipe, it's it's also a two mana kill target restoration angel. Right, 
And early, I mean, early in the game, maybe they have a big creature that you want to deal with. Later in the game, you know, they've already killed off your little dudes, and now they've got bigger dudes. Now you need to wipe the board. You wipe the board with Mizium Mortars, and then you've got cheap guys that you can, you know, repopulate the board while they have to pay more mana to play out bigger guys. The thing I'm thinking, if you want a Hellrider in this deck, Knight of Infamy loses a lot of value with the Exalted. It does. Yeah. So maybe you just straight swap the Knight of Infamy out for the Hellriders and, and the one Devil's Play. And then maybe we go, I don't know, Krenko's Command? Would that be doable? There's That's not very many goblins, though. Uh, you don't, yeah, but Krenko's Command, not Krenko the actual Oh, Krenko's card. Command. Oh, yeah, because then you have more creatures. Yeah. What do you think, Will? Like, is, I mean, it's synergy with the Hellrider. It is. Um, it's just because, like, you want you want the top of your curve you you want the top of your curve and your spells to end you the game, right? Yes, you do. Like, that's what it is. Like, if you're playing Hellrider, I mean, occasionally it won't be the death of them, but generally you're gonna want it to be the death of them. So, Cranko is certainly a possibility. Cranko's uh, command is certainly a possibility. I think it would definitely go better in this deck than something like a Knight of Infamy. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Like, Archwing Dragon is another possibility, maybe? No, that's... I mean, it's a possibility, but that's just... Uh, like, it, it doesn't really... Do, it do, doesn't do the same thing, right? And it costs the same thing as Hellrider. So I think what you want is you want less lands in the deck. So obviously the more mana sync cards in the deck you'd probably not want. Okay. Because, you know, referring to Adina's point, uh, you want them to be dead quickly. You don't want them, you don't want the game to go on, which is why something like Mizium Mortars, you know, if you get to the point where you're able to cast it to wipe their board, you know... You, I, need, I, you need to win that turn. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, about Mizium Mortars. You've got Searing Spear, and nobody's arguing about Searing Spear being in the deck. And that's two mana to do three damage. Mizium yeah. Mortars is two mana to do four damage. At sorcery speed, I know. It's at sorcery speed. Yeah, and it, it also can't hit players. Yeah, the more important part is to the dome. That it can't play, that it can't hit players. I, like I understand your, that. Your, the three main burn spells in, say, this format, right, are Pillar Flame, Searing, Spears, and Br- Searing Spear, and Brimstone Volley. Which and now Annihilating Fire, which also hits no, players. Yeah, but people don't play it because it's three mana, and for that mana you'd rather play Flames of the Firebrand. Yes. Yes. But so essentially, which also could go in this deck instead of a Mizium Mortars. Maybe in the board. Yeah, I mean Mizium Mortars should definitely be in the board, not the main deck. If you were saying what? If it's in at all. What? Like you want? I think you want two more Brimstone Volleys because essentially it represents like there's never going to be times where you're hanging back to uh, basically block right. So you're always throwing guys in, and essentially they're going to get to a life threshold that they need to start blocking. And even if it's not profitable for them, they need to start blocking, because if not, they can't wait that much longer. So with a brimstone vol- with brimstone volleys and searing spears being able to go to the dome, essentially if you get in like your first attacks where you can, say, chunk off, knock off like you know 10 to 12 life off of them, that essentially represents, you know, if you have two brimstone volleys in hand and two searing spears in hand, that represents lethal. So, like, you want you want the burns... Essentially, you know, aside from Pillar Flame, which Pillar Flame is pretty much going to be strictly for creatures, uh, your searing spears and your brimstone volleys are pretty much going to be going to the head. 
which uh, another thing that you can think of if you want is being black, we can also play Bump in the Night. Because that, again, goes to the dome. And it flashes back for red, so if the game continues to go on, you can pull it back in. Yes. Yeah, you can play it for its flashback cost. You know, you're playing black and red, so you get the double value if you need it. All right. So this is not a bad deck. I mean, I think the next one is probably a, a, the better deck, but this one seems like you could make it into make it even better for very little investment. And as it is, I think it's good enough to do some damage uh, just because it's capable of so many fast wins. Would that be a fair assessment, you think, guys? I agree. Sure. There's a lot of the, there's a lot of decks in the format that are really slow. Yeah. Which you know requires playing something like uh, my reanimator deck has to play centaur healer. Yeah. And obviously Thragtusk is played throughout. So essentially, there's kind of like, you know, you want the threshold of being able to kill them, say before turn four, before they can get their Thragtusk. But you're also fine with them having to make the concession of playing something like centaur healer, which is not a fantastic card, but in this metagame it you know, kind of works out. And, I mean, I think one thing that I would see missing from this right now is uh, Traitorous Instinct in the board. Yes. I want something to be able to steal a, an early Grizzle brand or something, just in case. Yeah, they finally stabilize the board. They play a big creature. You steal it, turn around, and the game's over. You know, you get them down to, like, eight life, and then they play something that's maybe a five drop that has five power, and they're like, okay, yeah. swing into me now because I'm going to kill your dudes. And you just take it, and then they've got nothing. Yeah, exactly. So I think that um, that's one thing that this might need. I mean, if you can get a, a Grizzle Brand and, and attack for nine in the air, gain nine life, and you know whatever you're doing on the ground, you're pretty happy. All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's. All right, so this is the Golgari list. Uh, four Evolving Wilds, eight Forest, three Golgari Guildgate, one Grim Backwards. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Seven Swamp, one Woodland Cemetery, two Dagger Drum Imp, three Dawn Treader Elk, one Dead Bridge Goliath, one Disciple of Bolas, two Dreg Bangler, four Drudge Beetles, one Druid's Familiar, three Karuzda Guildmage, two Slitherhead, two Trusted Force Mage, one Ulvenwald Tracker, four Vampire Nighthawk, one Wolfhear Silverheart, Two Golgari Charm, four Tragic Slip, one Ultimate Price, two Victim of Night. And the sideboard has three Bramble Crush, two Jurass, two Ghost Quarter, four Strangle Root Geist, one Thrag Tusk, and three Vile Rebirth. If you're looking for value, this is the better deck. <laughs> because right. Woodland Cemetery is 18 bucks, and Thrag Tusk is like 18, 20 bucks as well. Not bad. And Wolfair Silverheart. Is another, co you know, I, it's, it's not as expensive as the other ones, but that's not a cheap card either. It's, it's not as expensive as you'd think, even though it sees a lot of play. Uh, it's it's, it's five ninety nine. That's still only yeah. another six oh, bucks. Really? Wow. Out okay. of a twenty dollar debt, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Wolfear and either Drag Tusk or Cemetery more, make up your value. Yeah. So if you're planning on buying a Woodland Cemetery or Thrag Tusk, just buy the event deck instead. Unfortunately. Grim Backwards takes off about $5 in value. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what that is? That's, that's a card that, you know, you give to some little kid that just started playing, and you're like, here, you can have this card. And they say, wow, you're giving me a card? Cool. And it's rare. Adina, why do you hate little children? I don't hate See, little children. <laughs> I don't under, what I don't understand is that these mana bases are not symmetrical by any stretch of the imagination. 
Nope. Like, the Golgari one has Evolving Wilds. It has three Guild Gates. It's, and it has the Grim Backwoods, which admittedly, like, even though Chris might make fun of it or whatnot, it's, you know, still a card that could potentially do something. It produces mana. It's terrible. All right, guys? <laughs> Stop it. Don't mislead our listeners. You can draw a card. And, like, if you have to play something like a Dagger Drome Imp, I'd probably rather have another card than that. <laughs> and I mean, well, okay, I will give it this. In this deck, if you are having trouble getting your sal- scavenge, scavenge, salvage. Yes, that's scavenge cards into the graveyard, you can sacrifice them to draw a card. <laughs> I, I, I like that. <laughs> Normally, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to use the ability after the creatures, say, died due to, like, combat or something like that. To or if, make it if you wild. have to discard them or something. I mean, if your opponent's playing discard. So, Dagger Drone Imp, is that the 1-1 one, one flyer that has lifelink? That has lifelink, yes. yeah. Okay. He so wishes I think, he could see Vault Scourge. I think that the whole idea behind having the Dagger Drone Imp there is that he's got evasion. He's a great target for the scavenge. Yeah. Getting back to Chris's point, I've never heard but anyone yeah. say, man, I wish this scavenge creature was in my graveyard instead of in play. This yeah. is so I mean, I, obviously, I'd rather have a vampire Nighthawk and put the scavenge tokens on that. Yes. Or scavenge yes, I counters, would. I mean, but yeah. Yeah, but you have four Vampire Nighthawks in this deck to two Dagger Drone Mims. So and, you know, that's that's not a rare, but those cards are in high demand, too, and they're probably worth a couple bucks each anyway. Yeah. You know what this deck needs that surprisingly is not in here? Uh, two more Drake Danglers? <laughs> well, yeah, I could go along with that. That card <laughs> is very good. Where's Rancor? Where is Rancor? It needs I mean, it. If you're going to be making very big creatures, and that's what this deck is trying to do, giving them trample seems like a natural thing. I mean, they didn't even put the green ring in here. Well, that's just awful. I mean, you want Rancor, but not the green ring. Well, true, but you know, we can't expect them to put too much value in these decks, and the green ring does give trample, and there are green creatures in here. What do you mean too much value? This deck's worth like 50 bucks. You know what this deck needs? <laughs> like, it doesn't it's, even make sense. This deck needs Corpse Jack Menace. I could see that, actually. I think you That's can probably trade this deck to some, like, sell it <laughs> back to a store at, like, an inferior value and buy the other deck. <laughs> <laughs> and a Steam Vents, or, or no, you, yeah, you could get a Blood Crypt to go with it as well. <laughs> yeah, if you want to play the other deck, <laughs> buy this deck first. <laughs> But, yeah, this this deck is good. I mean, I love Disciple of Bolas. That card is just on the verge of being really, really good. And there's how you get your scavenge creatures into the graveyard. See? No, they no. They thought of that. Still, but why would you draw, like, five cards off sacrificing Deadbridge Goliath when you can draw one? Why would you sacrifice Deadbridge, <laughs> Deadbridge Goliath? Um, because it have trample? It's a 5-5 five, five for four. Sure, but but, exactly. but I have I have a vampire nighthawk and I want to give it five plus one plus one counter. I'll just put a rancor on the deathbridge goliath and they manage to kill it. Then put your counters on your nighthawk. Jeez, you can't have it all. And and the rancor that went back to your hand. Yes, mm. and the rancor that went back to your hand. Yeah. So the rancor interaction on vampire nighthawk is just brutal. That's just so mean. 
the interaction between Rancor and uh, Disciple of Bolas is pretty sweet, too. Yeah. Why? It only makes it a 4 1. That doesn't no, not much. on it, you pillock. <laughs> God. I put think it on if you my. Put it on something else, sacrifice it to the Disciple, you know, draw those cards, and then it comes back to your hand. The creature's in the graveyard. You can scavenge your creature. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, you put it on a drag mangler, you attack for five, and then next turn you attack for five more, you play a disciple, draw five cards, gain five life, and then you put the rancor on something else and scavenge the drag mangler onto it and laugh maniacally. (laughs) Wow. That was uh, something. (laughs) Maniacal. So, yeah, that... um, I I definitely had to cackle. Every time I played a Rakdos cackler, I cackled. I am distinctly unsurprised. <laughs> <laughs> so what changes? What, what else are we adding? We're adding Rancor. Obviously, if you have more woodland cemeteries and or overgrown tombs, they're going in. Yeah, and definitely two more drag manglers. And they're what not coffins. De- they're they're pretty fu- easy to find. I think Deathrite Shaman goes in here very nicely. Sure. Because um, you've got evolving wilds for one thing. Mm-hmm. Might as well make it worth something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anything else you can think of, guys? Well, it's more looking at like what I probably wouldn't play. Uh, Golgari Charm is probably best out of the sideboard. Yeah, I yeah. think there, I, I was playing one main uh, this past okay. weekend, and aside for the one opportunity where I got to uh, kill my opponent's Oblivion Ring that had a Gristlebrand under it when he was attacking, <laughs> most of the time it. It, like, it was all right, but it was very uh, limited as a card. Uh, otherwise, so, I think... Dr- Sorry? The good thing about Golgari Charm, though, is when, you know, they think that they're doing an alpha swing and you're going to block and lose all your creatures and, you know, you regenerate all your creatures so they all live. The other guy's creatures either die or they're all tapped and then you can turn around and kill them. That's, that's a best-case scenario, of course, for Golgari Charm, but also... Having the opportunity, you know, when they think they're going to kill you and you can give all their creatures neg one, neg one, now all of a sudden they can't kill you. Anything that's little is going to die. Seems good. Or you can just regenerate everything. Right, but also if we we follow Chris's advice, remember, uh, we don't want our scavenged creatures regenerating. We want them in our graveyard. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we want them to die. But, you know, if they, okay, so if they're playing Lingering Souls and they have a bunch of 1-1s that are flying over your, you know, because you don't have Vampire Nighthawks yep, in yep. play to block them yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus you also, it gets rid of the Mana Docks and Reanimator as well. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but you were saying, well. Uh, I think you probably, you can cut your Trusted Force Mage and your Druid's Familiar. Uh, Drudge Beetle is maybe, is borderline. Obviously, if you can find some, like, the better cards... You know, then you'll probably want that. But if you can, like, say up, you know, your get Deathbridge Goliath, your Dread Manglers, uh, that'd be fine. So there's only really like five, maybe six cards in the main board that you know you could seemingly cut. I mean, you can cut uh, other ones, but I would say more obvious cuts. After that, it really depends on personal style. Like, you already have the four Vampire Nighthawks. Do you really want a Dagger Drome Imp, or would you prefer something? Uh, like a, a far seek to maybe ramp up your mana more. Admittedly, you do have Dawn Treader Elk, so maybe if you want a full playset of the Elk as opposed to uh, 
Just the three? I don't know if you really want elk. Maybe a wolf or avenger too would go really well in this deck. Well, I, th- oh. I think I think you do want elk though, because like a lot of the scavenge costs are more than uh, the creatures convert to mana cost, right? So plus with your uh, Corrosda Guild Mage, being able to go to late game with more mana available to you is definitely a positive. Yeah, yeah. that's true. People yeah. forget the first ability on that as well. Yeah, and there's, I mean, yeah. Although speaking of which. Uh, Intimidate is shares of color or artifact creatures. Yes. Just please remember that. <laughs> with oh, all I these things that have multiple... Yeah, if you're swinging with a green-black, Intimidate is significantly less than if you're swinging with something mono-green. Uh, it's just that at the uh, at the pre-release when I was playing Rakdos, I had a Rakdos key rune. So if someone thought <laughs> he was swinging for the win and I just blocked it, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, but it has Intimidate, I was like... Well, I know, that's why I'm blocking with this and not the rest of the card. Anything else? You probably want to read your card. <laughs> You're an evil man, but it's also... I mean, admittedly, the Kirun does become a black creature, but, you know, even if it was, it's say, a notorious an one, it's still an artifact. Yep. Yes. Also true. Okay, anything else we can think of that wants to go in here? Uh, let me see, what do we got? I mean, Druid's Familiar, I think, is fine. It makes things very big. I might even be tempted to take out the um, the trusted force mage, though, to put in another druid's familiar. Well, at four, right? Like, if if you do have a corpse jack menace, I'd play the Oof. corpse jack menace over the druid's familiar. I'm pretty sure most people have corpse jack menace, given it was the pre-release promo and in the Golgari intro deck, uh, which you know people going to their first F and M probably have one or both of those. Maybe someone didn't want to play Golgari at the pre-release. Maybe you should kiss my butt. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, because <laughs> it was a pre-release card, and because it was in that, and because it's been featured, it's less expensive than other rares. Yes, it's going to be very easy to get hold Yeah, of it's going to be easy, and it's not going to be that expensive, because even though it is good, it's everywhere. Oh, one thing I forgot to say about the pre-release, which I'm going to mention right now. Mercurial Chemister was in the sideboard of some of the Miracles decks, and it did work. Like, the card was very good. I was very surprised. Really? I mean, I know, yeah, I know it's good in standard. It does in, uh, limited. It does. I, and it's good in limited, I guess it's obscene in limited, but I didn't think it was good enough for standard. It is. But which one is Mercurial? The two, blue, three, it's the, two cards. Yeah, two, three, four, five. Pay blue and tap, draw th- two cards. Pay red and tap, discard a card. It deals damage equal to the cards converted mana cost to target creature. Yeah, I can see that in the sideboard. I wouldn't yeah. want a main board because there's some matches that it's bad against. But in the sideboard, especially in the like if you're playing against, say, uh, your Miracles uh, mirror match or something like that, it uh, yeah. it essentially sits there and uh, gets you a whole lot of value. Like uh, going back to Zendikar, when Zendikar was around, and the Splinter Twin sideboard, I played uh, Dragon Master Outcast for decks against decks that essentially did nothing. Yes. Because getting 5-5 five, five dragons is pretty decent. So I hear, actually, yeah. Yep. Alright, uh, Slitherhead's fine. I love Fight Bear in a deck that has Death Touch creatures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this card could be a whole lot better. Like, if there's a Polar Bear in the black background, like, this card would be <laughs> infinitely... <laughs> Better. You know what I smell, and I'm de- Adina. I'm sure you smell it too. Bacon, probably. Uh, no, I, I I smell bias coming from Will. 
<laughs> do, you, do you smell that? Is, that? is that what you're smelling right now? Um, yeah, I, there is a slight whiff of that. Uh, I'm going to let both yeah. of you know that my, un, that my bias is unscented, so you're clearly smelling <laughs> something else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's something else beginning with B that's coming out of your mouth. Um, Ooh, beautiful burn. words. <laughs> Yes, that is exactly what I did. Beautiful flowery language. Mm, Flowers. Mm. Wait, what? Okay, yeah, so let's sum this up. Guys, which deck should people be buying? Uh, hmm. It's not a difficult question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in terms of value, people want the green-black deck, right? I hope so. No, is so much fun, and I just want to burn things. Okay, so we can edit that out because. <laughs> <laughs> you know Just that in that case is... there are random fires springing up around Wyoming. Okay. You know, there uh, actually are, but they're the... not started by me. I don't mean actual fire. When I say burn things, I mean, you know, pillar of flame. Well, okay, pillar of flame. Adina, you probably want to stop digging this hole for yourself. No, no, to self. <laughs> Call it as a guy following this cast. You were saying, well, before Adina incriminated herself. All right. Uh, One, don't worry, folks. I'll call the FBI. You don't need to call the FBI on Adina. And uh, two, like, the decks are actually interesting because the Golgari one has the most value in it by, like, a two-to-one margin. But I'd rather be playing the Rakdos deck. I think I agree. I was just going to say that. The the Rakdos deck, like, the Golgari deck... what I said! And you said we have to edit that out? Because you were talking about committing arson. No, because <laughs> Rakdos is fun. I, I, I believe my words were Rakdos is fun. And followed by you want to burn things. Yes, but it, we're not talking about for fun. I, I, I don't think Will is. The Golgari deck just isn't very good. No, it's not. And it's weird because normally they make... One of the other decks is better in both financial value... And uh, in terms of playability, yes. And don't get me wrong, right? Thrag Tusk is infinitely playable, but <laughs> the the Rakdos deck is much more playable. And in fact, like if you look, chances are if you played at States or if you played an FNM, there's decks that are very similar to that that are being played. And if you need to, if you want to improve the decks. The Rakdos one is going to be a lot cheaper to improve. Yeah. The yep. cost of the four Rancors you would need and the, the couple of Corpse Jack Menace, while not a lot, is still probably going to cost you more than it's going to cost you to make the Rakdos deck better. Well, even, Yeah, and especially, like, I mean, if you add in stuff, you know, say the rares in this, you know, I mean, Strong Kirk Noble is uh, $2.50, uh, something like an Ash Zealot, which uh, Adina had mentioned, is. I believe it's two dollars now. Some in some cases it might be three, uh, and even like Hellrider, you know, that's another two dollars right there. So like the rares that you have to put into the deck are far less expensive. I think also you're missing something very important about playing Hellrider oh. is that you get the ability to yell Hellrider when you play it, which obviously means that you should play it above everything else. That is true. Also, what's What's actually nice about this is the fact that Mizium Mortars right now is going for five ninety nine, six bucks. So you can easily trade that to someone uh, for to complete you know what you need, whether it's you know to pick up some Stromkirk Nobles, to pick up a couple, some a couple of Dragon Skull Summits even. Yeah. So it like 
not only do you have a pretty good basis for a deck, but you know there's certain cards that you'd cut that are have a higher value than what you need, so they can be easily tradable away for other stuff. Very true. Okay, so basically our story here is value-wise, Golgari. Uh, Quality-wise, probably Rakdos. But you can get both for thirty-seven ninety-nine. So probably do that. That would be my suggestion because then you're getting each deck for nineteen dollars, and that's just an absolutely amazing deal. All right, we're going for a slightly shorter show this week, mainly because I was judging for 15 hours yesterday, and I am just about done in. So we're going to roll on now to our... There's a, there's a, very, there's a very simple way to fix that for next time. One, have your events start at 10 o'clock instead of noon. And two, even though there's a time limit, your top eight shouldn't last for six hours. You need to watch the videos that are on my Twitch channel. <laughs> You'll understand not why. If it six, that not long. if they're six hours long. No, they're not. They're about four hours long. The final was two and a half hours. Yeah, but it was two control decks. It does. It doesn't matter. At that point, what you do is you DQ one of them. No, that's what you do if you're a bad judge. So you DQ one of them. Anyway, um, yeah. So let's move on to a random moment of geekery. Adina, go. So my random moment of geekery begins with a random moment of idiocy, which is dropping my phone into water and frying it. So basically it's no longer working, and I had to go get a new phone. I'm sorry, that's not your only random moment of idiocy. (laughs) I said a moment, not my only moment. Thank you very much. Oh, actually, I have a question about uh, states for you, Dina. This uh, person that forgot their deck, is is their name surprisingly similar to the location where you played your states? <laughs> you know my friends too well. Oh, dear. In fact, I think there's only two that is different. But anyway, carry on with your moment of geekery. <laughs> Good guess. Okay, so uh, I went to the AT&T store in the afternoon, and I spent a little bit of time picking out a new phone. I had the Galaxy S2, so I got the Galaxy S3, um, basically because it was a phone I was looking at, and I was like, well, it's not enough better that I really want it over the other one. Well, yeah, it's way better. It's so cool. I like it so much. And even if the other phone comes online and I am able to get all my stuff off of it, I'm probably not going to go to the store and return this one and switch back to the other one now that I've used it. It's faster. It's cooler. A lot of the things that annoyed me about the other phone, this phone is better and doesn't do those. So, yeah. I'm once again having a new cell phone and having, you know, new cell phone happiness. So that's my random moment of geekery. Awesome. Don't wash this one after you drop it in the toilet. Okay. I'll try to make sure that I do that. Well... Your random moment of geekery is there. All right, I have four points. One, keep on watching Dexter. It's amazing. Just by the way, four points is what he normally okay. ends up with at Grand Prix at the end of day one. Carry on. Isn't it five points? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've been watching too much copper. Wait, how do I get four points? One win is only three points. <laughs> I d- you ID'd. <laughs> and why would I do that? <laughs> I don't know, because you're bad at magic. Anyway, carry on. All right, so following up last week's, watch Dexter again. Uh, two... I got some sweet vinyls in the mail, so coming home, uh, 
to uh, vinyls in the mail is always awesome. For my actual moment of geekery, though, and I have to thank Mr. Chris Lanzell for this one, because unlike myself, he spends hours upon hours searching YouTubes for fantastic videos. And he happened to find one, which is a mashup of Gangnam Style and Ghostbusters. It's true. (laughs) I I did. And this video is absolutely fantastic. It is. And it's 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 like so on par that I practically get the sense that, you know, the people who have the theme for Ghostbusters should should suicide just because, you know, for copyright infringement or something. Like, I mean, the, the pacing of it is like right on. It's very odd. The uh, scary thing is, after I found that, I also found one of uh, Party Rock Anthem and Gangnam Style. I haven't seen that one yet. Well, I'll I'll tell you this. Right at the chorus, it goes, Every day I'm Gangnam Style, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Oh, actually, I know it's not shout-out times, but I have to give an anti-shout-out. Because whenever Chris posts one of these videos uh, that he finds of a mashup, someone always posts one underneath that is not funny and is just awful. So an anti-shout-out to those people. Stop ruining Chris's wall posts. Because they're normally pretty good. Yes. And then finally, uh, hit me up on Twitter, because I need Halloween costumes, ideas. So if you have some, send them to me. Yes, and your Twitter is? At Nodnob. That's N-O-D-N-O-L-B. Because you're backwards. You're not going to dress up as Elvenwald Tracker? Uh no, I won't. Okay. I do not I do not support brown bears. Oh. Well, you I know, did. you don't have to be completely like the guard. You you could take a polar bear instead with you. Nope, unacceptable. So a couple of things for my moment of geekery. First of all, New Zealand is putting out a ten dollar coin in uh it's a one ounce <laughs> coin of pure gold. It <laughs> is random. That's awesome. No, 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 with The Hobbit on it. That's even more awesome. Uh, This goes right along with a link I saw on Facebook earlier this week of of an island in the South Pacific with Pokemon coins. Like, literal currency, legal currency with Pokemon on them. Oh, so cool. And uh, apparently Ian McKellen was interviewed about these. And he said to put Gandalf on these coins is a wizard idea. <laughs> I'm sorry, he used the word splendiferous. So, I mean, well, he is Ian McKellen, so he can say whatever he wants. The other thing that I noticed, and uh, I found this while looking for the $10 coin link, somebody is coming out with a Spider-Man versus Superman porn parody. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. We're a PG cast, and that sounds awful, even if we weren't. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else. You had me at porn. Wow, okay. Okay, now you really need to cut off the demon. <laughs> oh, Skype needs a remote mute function. <laughs> yeah, we should record on a 10-second delay. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't even want to see this, because the, what's the over-under on the number of I shot my web prematurely jokes? I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> not to mention the x-ray vision and kryptonite. All right, let's just move to shout-outs before this gets even worse. All right. Adina, shout-outs? Shout-outs to Martin and Card Kitty, of course. 
Um, shout out to Stephanie, who was awesome and drove me over to replace my phone. Um, I met her last year in Casper, and of course she was there. And uh, all of her friends, we all went out afterwards and were hanging out. Um, and uh, shout out to Mariah, who was really cool and offered to loan me cards that I didn't wind up needing, and I loaned her cards. Again, somebody from Casper that I met last year. Shout out to Zach. Shout out to Dan and CJ and the um, the guy who loaned me the Ash Zealots, who I never did actually find out what his name was um, because someone else arranged that whole thing for me. Um, shout out to Kyle and Ben and Cooper. Shout out to Josh and everybody that I met in California when I was there. And this weekend is our six-month anniversary, so happy anniversary, Josh. Um, and shout outs to his friends Colin, Marcus, and Hannah, who were super awesome to me when I was visiting. And uh, shout outs to you guys because I have missed you the last few weeks when I had technological wow. problems and I wasn't able to cast with you. I missed it. I'm very happy to be back. And we're happy to have you. Thank you. Duh. Even though you're going to uh, edit me out. Well, some of you. <laughs> <laughs> also, massive shout out to Cooper's memory. Sure. <laughs> Not going to touch that one. No, but I guess leaving your leaving some of your cards in the sideboard and leaving them on the sideboard are two different things. Um, <laughs> Will your shout outs? Uh, shout out to Face Face Games. Uh, they were at Grand Prix San Jose this weekend and next weekend. If you're going, uh, sorry, not next weekend, two weekends from now, they'll be at uh, Grand Prix Philadelphia. So if you're there, go check them out. Uh, to trade and sell. Uh, a shout out to a guy who won Quebec Provincials, and I'm pretty sure it was a guy. There might have been a girl that top aided, so if it was a girl, then shout out to you. You did win a tournament, so you know. Kudos! Even though I don't know who you guys are. <laughs> well, I figured I should give them a shout out. They did win wow. a tournament with like 50 people, or like 45, oh or something. Uh, shout out to Toby Rosman, who won the PTQ in Ottawa, which was going on at the same time. Uh, he deserves it, so kudos to him. And a shout out to David Williams, who finally earned himself an actual Pro Tour invite. Oh, jam. Yeah, but you know what? In doing so, he cost Eric Froelich a shot. Because <laughs> they came third on breakers. Well, <laughs> that those things kind of happen sometimes. So, like, we could have had a chance where both of the pity invites, or sorry, not the pity invites. These aren't pity invites. These are professional invites or uh, sponsors, whatever. I was saying to a friend of mine the other day, there are two ways to get on the Pro Tour. One is to be good at magic, and the other is to be good at poker. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, shout-outs for me. Shout-out to Travis. We presume since you didn't show up and or leave us a message, you're still involved in states and therefore probably in the top eight. And if not, if you're a Dairy Queen eating ice cream and you didn't invite us, anti-shout-outs? Yeah, especially if you had a cheesequake blizzard, I might have to get medieval on your buttocks. Sorry, I forgot one. An anti-shout-out to Christopher Lansdale for saying that he wants a cheesecake blizzard. That sounds And awful. using the word anti-buttocks. I didn't use the word anti-buttocks. What the hell is an anti-buttocks? Oh, that would be a shout-out to Chris Lansdale for that. <laughs> uh, shout-out to Larry for winning Provincials. Also to Smurf, because Penguin. And Mark Butt for being awesome. Uh, Actual names? Just Smurf. making up stuff. No, Smurf is a guy. Well, his name is Matt Did you just People say Mark, Mark Butt? Butt? Yes, Mark Butt. That's his name. But you said it as, like, one word, not two words. Well, that's because I'm weird. Okay, no one's debating that. 
fine. Uh, who else do I need to give a shout-out to? Have Smitty and Chris Lansdell ever been in the same place at the same time? We were both on the same episode of another podcast, yes. Well, yeah, but that's also just possible that you talk, you have two mics, one that's muted, so that when you're talking as Chris Lansdell, you're talking... You know what line of uh, reasoning we're not going to explore <laughs> then, anymore? Then when you... You, this do, one. <laughs> then when you, then you do the <laughs> editing, so there's that, too. <laughs> This seems very interesting. So, like, it's possible that instead of being Superman, you're Chris Lansdell, and then, like, when you go home at night, you, like, pull off the Chris Lansdell skin and you're Smitty. And about 180 pounds. Well, I mean, it's the skin, right? There's so it goes over. Yeah. There's, there's, okay. there's ways to do that, you know, and act... I, I, you saw uh, the... Um, oh, my gosh. So, on that <laughs> note... Was, yes. Okay, so, actually, can I just go back? I forgot some shout-outs, so... Um, in California, shout out to Jean-Paul and shout out to Duncan and Duncan offered to drive me places that I didn't wind up needing to go, but that was super awesome of him. And also shout out to Dave from Dave Starts and Billiards for hosting states last year and this year and all the years that you've been hosting states and having such an awesome, awesome event and being so awesome about it. I heard awesome a lot. So I'm going to assume that she was giving me a shout out. (laughs) I also have to give a shout-out to KYT for continually pimping my work and acting like I'm the greatest person that he's ever had writing for him, which might be true. Oh, that's true. You know what else I did this weekend? KYT got his mana-deprived hoodies on, so I put on the Chris Lansdale one. What up? Why would, why would you do that? Uh, also, shout-out to Alex Hain. Uh He knows why, and KYT knows why. And that's about it. Oh, big shout-out to TG Time, TJ Timebomb. And that's it. So on that note, Let's wrap this baby up. So, from Will, from Medina, from hopefully Kentucky State champion Travis, this is Chris, saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notions. Hell Rider. Right